Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton and I'm in my house. She's on the little screen there. Help me, I've been trapped in this box. (laughs) Our Lester correspondent coming in live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There she is. There she is. Uh, We are still waiting for Ashton to secure accommodation. And in the meantime, this will be sort of our podcast setup going forwards. If you're listening to the audio version, Peter and I are in the podcast studio. We are back in the office now. We are working. We've been working all week from the office. Mm. It's been a bit surreal and strange, but it's uh, on the whole been quite lovely to be back. You know what's more lovely, though, Peter? What's that? Ashton's been on holiday, so we don't even have to deal with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God. Oh, I regret hiring her. No, I don't. I really oh, don't. Oh, God. <laughs> Just went no. for the jugular. How was your holiday, Ashton? <laughs> it was really nice, but now I'm sad. Oh, uh, no. No, it was lovely. We went to Edinburgh and had a lovely couple of sunny days. We got, like, the end of the heat wave, so it wasn't too hot. It was a nice, oh, nice. temperature. Um, nice. And it only rained on the last day we were there, but that's the day we were getting the train back, so it wasn't so bad. It's My partner was Scotland. praying for a storm that was meant to come on, like, I think Tuesday night, and it right. just never came. It was like, it'll no. be here at half past four. Now it's half past seven. Now it's half past ten. Now it's never coming. Uh, so he was kind Damn. of disappointed that he didn't get to see a thunderstorm. But no. Oh, so it was for the spectacle of the thunderstorm, not the sort of yeah. cooling effect of no. the aftermath. No, so... But it was lovely. I had a very nice time. Disappointed to hear good. that you miss, didn't miss me, but... No, of yeah. course we missed you. Of course we, we did. We, we had to busy ourselves with non-Ashton things, which were nowhere near as fun. Oh. Uh, like getting the streaming setup sorted and mm. stuff. But... By the time that you join us in the office, it should hopefully be all ready to go. It looks good. Working. I like yeah. it. It's shaping yeah, up nicely. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's shaping up very nicely. Mm. And uh, at the time of recording tonight, we'll be doing our first joint stream as a mm. trio as well, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, so make sure you go to the VODs channel, more on that later, uh, to catch up on our shenanigans it. in the Tokyo Olympics video mm. game, which wow. was, I imagine, really silly. Yes, probably. <laughs> probably. Mm. Now, before... So. Before we go any further, Ashton, we yes. have to cover the sponsor for this week's podcast. It's of a course. real video game sponsor. It it exists, and they have given us money, and that is a fact. Wow. And I have the ad read right here. Please read it. I, fl- I flipping will. Do it. 
We are sponsored. This is it's not it's not one of the best sponsors. Not the best. It's not the best sponsor. Don't be rude about our real sponsor. Sorry, yeah, our real company. I haven't read it out yet. <laughs> we are sponsored by our brand the brand new video game that people are very excited about, Persona Sticks. Persona Sticks? Persona Sticks. <laughs> right, what uh, does that entail? The subtitle says, now even your dog can get in on the phone. Oh, okay. That's oh, what it I says. Hmm. So Persona Sticks, uh, that's it, weirdly. It just says the title and, and a little subheading. <laughs> just now even your dog can get involved. And now even your dog can get in on the fun. Wow, that was it. I don't know what you're talking about. That was a really good one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that that's real. And it's not definitely yeah. real. Moving on. Oh. Uh, no, actually, it's it's pretend. It's not oh. a real sponsor. I'm really sorry. I it sounded just so real. They really I have lied did. To you <laughs> and bamboozled you all. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Hoodwinked. Uh, I'm yes. befuddled. Mm. Absolutely. No, of course, we are actually sponsored by our very real sponsor. What am I saying? Our patrons over at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month you can support us and the podcast and submit questions to the podcast all the questions we answer on the podcast are from our patrons patreon.com forward slash team triple jump now peter mm. we're about to get to the the first question yeah but there's a little something else that we gotta do as well there's a little something else that we gotta do as well some some uh another another little stream that helps support the uh the podcast little revenue stream why don't you guys check out triple jump GG. Hello everyone. As well as our extremely real and totally not fictitious in any way sponsor, we're officially partnered with PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo to sell their codes through our own website, triplejump.gg. Here you can get everything from topping up your digital wallets to PlayStation Plus, Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online subscriptions, as well as Minecraft mine coins. <laughs> mine coins, they'll be your coins any minute. <laughs> nice one, Peter. Oh, thanks very much. It's 100% legitimate, directly supports us and provides you with the delightful digital currencies you're going to buy anyway. Visit triplejump.gg to browse our full stock. Triplejump.gg. This is a real sponsor. Wonderful. Well, it's time for question one. This is from Dan Scott, who may or may not be related to Barry Scott of Silver Bang fame. I can't confirm he, or deny. He can't not be, right? Well, yeah, I guess not. Um, hello, Ben and Peter and Ashton. Hello. Got away there. <laughs> there she is. Uh, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles released this week, which is exciting for Ace Attorney fans, as the two games have been out in Japan for several years already, with it receiving high praise when it released over there in 2015. Now Western audience or audience are finally getting to play it. And so my question to you is: have you ever found yourself in a position where you've wanted to purchase a game that only released outside of Europe? And what are your opinions of region locking overall? Much love to you all. Thank you, Dan. Brother you, Dan. of Barry. Yes. Relative of Barry. Um, I haven't had this um, in terms of a, a game, the game itself only releasing in a certain region. But what I, what I did have, which kind of disappointed me at the time, was that when the Reignited Trilogy released, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, there was a really swish beautiful looking steel book steel case mm. version available in i think it was australia and some people were like buying them online and having them shipped over at a, a silly amount of money um and i i thought about getting it because obviously at the time that was probably one of my most anticipated game releases 
you know, certainly of that year, if not that decade, really. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I thought, you know, what better way to mark the occasion and keep a memento than getting a really nice, pretty version of it? Yeah. Um, it, it never released in the UK uh, as a as a special edition box. And I'm sure they're available online if I really wanted to buy one. But, uh, you know, and the other thing that would be a shame about that is that if I bought the Australian version, is there still region locking on consoles in terms of if you buy like an Australian copy of a PS4 game? Is that still an issue? Like, can you run it? I don't think so. I think after the, uh, after sort of the, Maybe with the 360, era. yeah, the Blu-ray era, certainly region locking was done. Because certainly uh, with Blu-ray films, it's much less of an issue now. So yeah, yeah. that would make sense. But yeah, I, I did wonder that as well. Like I might pay for this and not even be able to actually play the game. I have to just put my yeah. my UK disc into I'll the Australian real, box. Though, Peter, you were just buying the very shiny case. Oh, though, for sure. You? You yeah, didn't, you didn't need to. No, you didn't no, that's again. How many copies of it do you have? Is it just digital? I've got, I bought a digital copy so I could play it on day one. Yeah. Um, I also, I think, bought a physical so I could just have it on my shelf. Mm -hmm. And then also someone sent in a copy that was signed by all the QA team, which I've also oh, got. Oh, that's amazing. So I have that's two and a cool. half, three copies of it. Yeah. And then I could potentially also one day buy the Australian version um, just for, for a nice box. But uh, yeah, love that game. Uh, so yeah. that's me. Yeah, not a. So yeah, Spyro itself wasn't only released in Australia, yeah. of course. We're bending the rules. We're bending so, the rules yeah. a bit. But uh, how about Ashton? I don't really have a game that was kind of region locked or that was released not where I could acquire it in terms of like that being the reason I couldn't get a game. But mm. to completely not answer your question and just say what I want to say instead, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant kind of like consoles and like the ability to play a game so like i really wanted to play animal crossing um mm. when it first came out like the new one on the switch but obviously it was really hard to get a switch at the time because it was practically mm. impossible um much like with the playstation 5 and xbox now um mm. so yeah i had to wait for that which was kind of annoying but that's you know not because it was only available in other countries because everyone else also wanted a switch but for the most part when it comes to like other consoles and games that you can't play because they're only released on a certain console at this point it's kind of not too much of an issue anymore because if i can't get it on playstation or steam because it's an xbox exclusive it's on xbox game pass so i can just yeah, play it there yeah. mm -hmm. um and vice versa with if I can't play it on Xbox or PlayStation, I'll just get it on Steam. It's probably fine. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. there isn't really one of those for Nintendo, but if you've got a Switch, you can kind of access most of it. It's still quite pricey for most Switch games, but you can access most of it on the like digital storefront as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't really have one for the region thing, but that's an answer to a different question you didn't ask, and I hope you enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> That's okay. We've so much to learn about you, Ashton. Like we we get certain questions in for the podcast where we're like, oh, we've kind of we've kind of done that one already, you know, mm. weeks and weeks mm. and weeks ago, months ago. Yeah. Um. But all these questions and all the all this information is new about you, Ashton. So it's absolutely it's useful to know. Yeah. Good. Certainly. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I have several examples. Because Good. I pick the questions. You can make up and make I, up the rest of us. I know mm -hmm. my answers. Uh, so obviously <laughs> Persona 5 was a big one. That released in Japan, I can't remember the date, but in uh, the rest of the world it didn't come out for almost a year. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were at What Culture at the time and... I know from, I, and this is still a practice that continues now, uh, we, we have friends in various 
positions at, at magazines and websites and stuff. And particularly with Japanese games that are being localized, they're localized way way in advance of their mm-hmm. release dates like m- we're talking months yeah and i ended up with a copy of persona 5 while we were at uh what culture like two three months before yeah. before it released in the west which was bonkers it was it was ready to go mm. um and that was amazing so i didn't really have to wait but i kind of did persona 5 strikers was another one that was that took ages to be localized i don't think to address Dan's uh, question at the end about uh, region locking overall. Yeah. I don't mm. really think region locking exists in the same way that it once did. Um, I think it's more of a localization issue and sort yeah. of waiting for these games to be ready. And if they're, de- you know, if the English language version and the Japanese language version, for example, are developed concurrently, uh, then everyone has to wait a lot longer probably the you know the, the the cost to make it goes up and release dates get pushed and the japanese version may be ready six months before the western one but japanese players have to wait six months and is that fair i don't know mm. it's it's all a bit complicated well, and sometimes it's also a, a, a projected popularity issue like the publisher might say mm. this game's not going to sell if we sell it to to europeans or americans it's yeah. going to sell well in japan or vice versa you know you might have a, a more western centric game and sometimes they're just not released in the japanese region again it's less of an issue now but that yeah. certainly has been a, a reason or an excuse that this has been done in the past um absolutely yeah so that might be why they're focusing. Uh, another one is Africa. Have you heard of Africa, the continent? Are you familiar <laughs> with Africa, the continent? The rains I've heard down of it, in yeah. Africa. Yeah. By Toto. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the one from the GTA soundtrack. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there was a game called Africa for PS3, and right. it was a wildlife photography game. Oh. And it was in the early days of the PS3. And I was like, that, and I read about it in a magazine and thought, that sounds weird and amazing and i would love to play that and i imported it from asia mm-hmm. where it happened to have an english language version if you popped it in and you know a, a ps3 where the language was set to english um and i hated it and it took ages to arrive and i spent loads of money on it but yeah. africa is one that i had to um, you know that was that was actually region locked in the sense that i don't think i may be wrong but i don't think it came out in the West. I mean, I've never heard of it. Um, not that I necessarily would have done. I think it area. was Africa spelt with a K as well. Oh, wow. That's uh, pretty edgy. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, there, there's a few examples of games that I've sort of had to wait for over the years. But mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Dan, for the question. For your question. Should we move on to another section? How do you feel about moving on to another section, Ashton? I feel absolutely ecstatic to do so. Is Brilliant. it one we've never done before? Uh, it might just be. Oh, baby. Looks like it. What, what, what is it? What, what? It, 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 it's what we play in time. It's what we play in. It's what we play in time. Time for what? We play it. Peter, what have we, brackets, you been playing? I flipping did it. I'm not going to bang the table because it will echo through more the Halo. microphone. <laughs> yeah, I've played more Halo. Um, I have played a little bit, only a little bit, admittedly, of Ratchet and Clank because I did Ooh. get distracted by a different game okay. uh, or a different series, I should say. At long last, uh, you know, we talked. About, Ashton talked about console locking rather than region locking or platform locking of games. Mm. Um, finally, the exclusivity deal on Orcs Must Die 3. Oh, it's finally oh, yeah. ended. Yeah. It's finally over. You're a huge fan of Orcs Must Die. I love Orcs Must Die. It's so underrated. And I'm going to play it on, um, on stream. Uh, but it it was a Stadia exclusive from the launch mm. of Stadia, and then Stadia yeah. went really well. Yeah, and I they, hope you all enjoyed that Stadia. Yeah, 
Um, and so they did say from the very beginning that it would eventually come to Steam. It wasn't a permanent Stadia exclusive, but it was a timed exclusive. Yeah. Uh, it came out on, I believe, the 23rd or something like that of uh, July. So that's now available. I've not actually been playing Orcs Must Die 3. Um, I have played Orcs Must Die 1 because when Orcs Must Die 3 came out, I was thinking I should play that on uh, stream. And I thought, will I be able to do that? like live on the internet some games don't translate so well to to streaming we mm. find so yeah. i have kind of been doing a bit of a recce a bit of a recon oh yeah uh, and then it sucked you in mission it? Uh, yeah that's the thing so <laughs> I, I won't talk too I'm much about it i'm just testing it mom i'm just testing <laughs> exactly well i won't talk too much about it right now because it also kind of plays into my answer to question too so <laughs> we'll we'll hear more about that in a minute but um i did also get back to ratchet and clank for those who don't perhaps listen to the podcast regularly number one what the flip are you doing what are you doing miss uh but number two uh that's the uh the ps4 kind of remake reimagining um of the movie first game sort of the yeah, one, that, yeah that tied in with the movie um because i want to play through that first uh before i move on to rift apart so peter uh, i true i truly feel like you are destined to never finish ratchet and clank potentially yeah <laughs> we're still going to be talking about this next year we yeah will. next week i'll be like i've stopped playing ox must die one i'm now on ox must die three yeah. <laughs> i've not played any more time they added some dlc and <laughs> yeah just been... ratchet and clank rift apart two is out now <laughs> yes um yeah so that's what i've been up to bit of ratchet at long last and uh a, a fair bit of walks must die one ashton what have you been playing so obviously i was away on holiday so i haven't played much but mm. we did have two five-hour train journeys there and back Oof. so i did try and take the switch with me to play a couple games on i played mainly scribble not showdown um mm. which is the kind of like party game version of scribble knots we played that on the train um and it's actually pretty good i really enjoyed it it's got a couple of modes like a versus mode a showdown mode and then like a sandbox just kind of like the regular scribble knots mm. kind of wander around an area and solve puzzles and get star star rights um star. but yeah i really really enjoyed that and um it was kind of awkward to do like the motion controls on the train yeah uh, a couple of them were a little bit like kind of maybe a bit questionable if you don't really know the context of what's going on mm. um but yeah we really enjoyed it and i tried to play a little bit of mario sunshine yesterday um because i got the i can't remember what the game is what the actual oh, game yeah, like the one the, that's got like 64 yeah. yeah the pack yeah, 64 sunshine and um galaxy and I got a little bit frustrated with Sunshine. <laughs> um, kind of maybe called Mario the C word a couple of times. Whoa. Uh, on a train? A on, a, on a train. Yeah. Just you really quietly. You can call him a cretin? I said, Mario, I hate you. And then I called him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I might try and go back to playing. I really enjoyed Odyssey, but I just couldn't get into Sunshine. The camera mm. was really driving me up the wall. So... Yeah, that's, that's one that has a I've real played. cult following. That one because I think it was yeah. uh, maybe not reviewed as well as a lot of. But I know our very own James Jenkins was a big um, Super Mario Sunshine. My friend had it at school, and I used to watch him play it as well. Yeah, yeah. people love mm. that one. They really it is, like it's him. quite yeah. charming, like all the 3D Mario games are. The art yeah. style, it's very pretty. But, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 
yeah so i might try and go back to that maybe on like my telly and see if i, I play like it, if i like it more when it's on a bigger screen and i'm not yeah. on a train for five hours um but yeah so i played that this week that's about it really nice lovely, lovely. well potter that's me uh i have played Pokemon Crystal. Oh. One of my favorite Pokemon games. Um, I did mention recently, I think on the podcast, that I sent away my cartridge to a, a specialist mm -hmm. to get the save battery replaced so that I can actually save the game because Pokemon Crystal is the Pokemon game that I put the most amount of hours into a single save in. It was like 350 hours over the course of maybe a decade. And I had about 230 out of 250, 251 Pokemon. Oh. And then the save battery died and I started up. And it was like, would you like to start a new game? And I'm like, no, actually, no, I, really, I really wouldn't like to start a new game. Thank you. Uh, so I'm diving back in. It's been ages since I've played Pokemon Crystal or Gold or Silver. The last time I experienced anything to do with this game was when Heart Gold came out for mm. the DS in, I want to say, 2009, maybe, with a little Pokewalker. Yeah. which is now, weirdly, apparently very valuable. Oh. And I've still ah. got mine. And I once attached it to the bike rack of my of the family car when we went on holiday to France. Wow. And so it shook so much that it the counter reset. It did a full loop of the maximum amount of steps. Oh. And my, I, had, I think I had a haunter in there, like the Pokemon. Um and rather than, you know, an actual ghost. An actual ghost uh, on and, the bike rack. <laughs> you know, the Pokemon <laughs> Haunter. And um and it was just like it'd been it been on the like on the roids, on the mm. on the pow on the protein. It was just he the the hench. Hencher rather yes. than haunter. Just this giant muscular spooky boy. Um but yeah, I haven't played it in flipping ages. I'm really taking my time and trying to enjoy it. Playing it prop like all the music is just oh, so nostalgic and wonderful. Cause mm. when I've returned to Pokemon games over the years, it's nearly always been the original three, you know, blue, yeah. red, blue, or yellow. So going back to Crystal has been lovely. I've got a spinner rack called Spidey. I've got a Quillava called Toasty. Mm. I've got a, I've got an Onyx called Rocky. Loving all these just made up Pokemon that you, you're pulling out of nowhere. Yeah. That definitely don't exist. Spinarak. Yeah. Yes. But why are you, why are you just uh, inventing stuff on the spot? I've got a, yeah, a uh, they're real. I promise they're real. I <laughs> do. Spork. I, I have a Ghastly called Hunter. I know that one. Um, and yes. Onyx. I know I an have, Onyx. Yeah. Yeah. Onyx is real. And I have a, what's it called? It is a, what's the little wet one? A spookums. Not, no, not the spook, not the cuddly woobies. <laughs> a blubbly uh, wobbly. What's he called? A polywag. Polywag. I've got a polywag right. called mm. wet boy, obviously. It's yeah, of wet course. Boy. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm sort of leveling them up all equally. I'm really taking, I'm loving it. I'm having a great time playing it in bed on my Game Boy Advance SP. Pulled out my charger that for some reason is one of those ones, you know, when you lose a charger for an old system mm. and what you find is one from like uh, the essential starter pack. Yeah. And it's like USB on one end and it splits into like five different yeah. Nintendo mm -hmm. charges on the other end. So yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying playing it and it's 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 a lovely way to end the day. Mm. With your polywags. With my polywags. The wives and girlfriends of the polystars oh, in sports. Yeah. Polyamorous wags. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 
So there we are. That's what I've been playing. Let's move on mm. to question two, Ashton. Ah, yes. Yeah. So this is asked by Juliet. Juliet. Oh, gosh. You've asked me to read now. I already stressed out. <laughs> Juliet Stevenson and Samuel Benson. I mean, you asked kind of very similar questions. So Ben just kind of smashed you together. I hope that's smashed it. you. Smashed You're both you asking. together. Yeah. Mm. Um, hello, Ben, Peter, and Ashton. Hope you are doing well. Are you doing well, boys? Yeah, doing yeah. well. Yeah, I'm actually uh, yeah. doing fine. Good, good. After finding Peggle Deluxe for 85 English pence on Steam recently, subsequent loss of productivity got me thinking about similar games that are simple yet devilishly addictive. What are your favourite turn your brain off and lose an afternoon games? Oh boy. <sighs> oh boy. Well, <laughs> I uh, I played a lot of Peggle. I guess it was probably Peggle 1, right? Not Peggle 2. It might have been Peggle 2. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm sort of sad that Juliet didn't doesn't in word form do the Peggle 2. Peggle yeah, a big jump on the stage. Uh, I played a lot of Peggle something at university, which is, you know, the worst time to find a simple mm. yet addictive game. Yes, that's mm -hmm. where mine comes from too. Yeah, right, so. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, well, I remember uh, I lived with a group of guys. This was in the first year where you just get shoved into a flat with a mystery group yeah. uh, into student <laughs> yeah. halls, not a flat really. Uh, and I remember one day my door was wedged open and the guy who lived across the corridor from me walked past and saw that I was playing Peggle. And when he saw that I was playing Peggle, he just walked past and went, Peggle? Like that. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> the derision. Yeah. You you casual. I know. Why am I not playing Skyrim Peggle, or something? I've, I've never played Peggle, but the mm. one thing I've I know about it Peggle. is that it's it's very addictive, very good, yeah. and deeply loved. Mm -hmm. The scorn leveled by that by that boy. I know the elitist boy. Goodness. I hope um, he went back to his room to like, I don't know, do some hardcore coding or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you would do. No, I, well, yeah, I know. Um, so I, uh, I I played a lot of that. It is a very um, addictive game, but it's also quite pretty as well, Peggle. Hmm. Not so much just the glowing pegs, but all the stuff around it, like you... Like the ghoul. The what, sorry? You got you got the glowing pegs. And the, the pegs and the gulls. And the yeah, gulls. the peg gulls. Yeah. Um, they live by the sea and they <laughs> they steal chips. Oh, God. Um, no, but the... So you meet various mentors as you move through the game mm -hmm. um, who have sort of... I mean, they're a bit sickly sweet, but they're like little cute seat. There's like a unicorn and like a little, I don't know what, I don't remember anymore, like a little squirrel and stuff yeah. like that. And they all have a different power that they give you. Uh, so you can do like explosive pegs or like, you know, extra balls and things like that. Um, and uh, so all of those assets are very pretty and stuff. It's a lovely game. Um, and then one that sort of qualifies, and I kind of included it because I mentioned it in what we're playing today, uh, Orcs Must Die. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not so simple in, in the same sense as it's not a sort of arcadey puzzler game or, or anything like that. It's not your it's not your um, your Fruit Ninjas, for example. Right. Uh, but uh, it's, it is also a, a relatively straightforward game. You just pop some traps down uh, and then and mash the shoot button and shoot lots and lots of waves of enemies. It's not... Um, a complex narrative. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of cutscenes. <laughs> tug on and, your heartstrings. Yeah, and you don't even, you know, you're not navigating through levels that much. You're mostly just standing by the door that you're defending. So uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah, relatively speaking, it's a fairly simple game. And yeah, that is a, a series that I have plugged uh, or, or sank so many hours into, mm -hmm. um, both one and two. Especially Orcs Must Die 2 uh, has a system where 
Well, in the first game, as you move through each level, you just unlock a new kind of trap. It just gives it to you. This mm -hmm. is your new trap. In the second game, you earn skulls. Instead of stars, you get like a skull rating, like five skulls or whatever. Okay. Um, and you spend those on new traps. And that is very, very easy to get kind of wrapped up in. And you want to go back and get a five skull rating on every single mission so that you, you can unlock everything in the spell book. And there are lots of things to unlock okay. that you'll probably never use. And lots of costumes, and uh, yeah, it's 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 easy to get lost in that. So those are my two. Uh, nice, Ashton. Cool. So we know that I like a good mobile game. Mm -hmm. uh, we do. Yes, we do. And some bad ones too. And some oh, bad ones too. Got yeah. it. It's like the one thing that I think everyone's taken away from the videos is just that I really like bad mobile games. Um, when I was at uni, <laughs> I found this one that was essentially just like a pixel color by numbers. That you could do on your phone and oh. i spent a lot of time doing that game and uh my boyfriend used to say that when i was playing it it was like i was just completely dead to the world like i'd just be there <laughs> tapping on my phone coloring in each pixel so is it like an auto you like fill the you fill the shape with the color basically yeah you don't like so, scribble on it or anything no 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 so you haven't got to like scribble and color it in it's like you if it's number one you click the first color and then you just color it in um I, yeah i spent a lot of time on that but like more actual real real games um animal crossing i really got a bit sort of focused into for like the first couple months i had it and then never played it again um <laughs> is i literally would spend ages just wandering around my island doing nothing when i think about it just kind of wandering around and there just was nice days to exist where, there yeah yeah there'd be days where i was sort of obviously during lockdown so it's nice to be able to go outside in the game um i just yeah. wander around shaking some trees and just spending time digging things up that i just didn't really need to i think i mean that's the, the game i probably got the most hours into ever um right. And my island still looked like trash. Like it was bad. <laughs> it just had no no design to it at all. It was just like, this is where I put the houses and I can't be bothered to move them. Um, but yeah, I did send, I tended to kind of just get focused on my Switch and like not talk to anyone for a couple of hours when I was playing it. Mm -hmm. um, Sims 4 is a bit hit or miss for me. I can sort of, sometimes I'll play it and I'll just like kind of sink my brain off. Like my brain will turn off and I'll just play it for like, a couple of hours and other times it's like i can't i can't focus on anything i can't do sims 4 because it frustrates me because it's not turning out the way i want it to and right. so i just stop playing it because i get frustrated but sometimes it's like my brain just goes straight into sims 4 mode and it's all i can do i've got um, to build an evil church i yes, simply must i simply must do it i must build myself a big phallic church um, <laughs> oh is that why it was evil well i mean it had a big spire on it. It wasn't like explicitly phallic, but Just I mean, incidentally, you probably, okay. yeah, incidentally phallic. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah. Lovely. Uh, nice. Ben. Yeah. What are yours? I've got one written down mm. because I'm so like leet, but spelt with two threes. And a seven. And a seven. And a one at the start. And a one, yeah. You say 1,337. <laughs> yeah. That's a Fergie lyric, isn't it? You're yeah. so you're so one that well, I'm anyway. so three thousand and eight. You're so one thousand three hundred and thirty-seven. So glad you did it for me because I welcome. was about to fall on my face there. Um, yeah, I I don't really play mobile games anymore, but largely that's because I have an ancient phone. By which I mean this phone is only a year old, mm. but it's an iPhone six S. Right. Um, so yeah. it gets really hot 
when I make phone calls. <laughs> and uh, it's on, what's it like, battery save mode? You know, when the, mm. the symbol mm -hmm. goes yellow, I put it on that every morning when I get out of bed because I know that it will die before the day is done. Because Apple like to, you know, was it what's it called like forced obsolete or something yeah, something or yeah. planned obsolete yeah they, yeah they just push updates to it that kill the battery so i buy one that's the size of a flipping house which i really don't that's the and it costs the same I'm as a house as well get on my soapbox right now ashton okay i don't want a phone that's bigger than this this is fine why are they getting bigger why are they getting bigger i don't want a little plunger on the back that i have to grip on i know to what are those <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand those. What, the yeah. pop sockets? Pop sockets? Yeah. So I don't even know what they're called. Uh, pop okay. sockets. They're That's called a pop dance. sockets. Sounds so, like a snack. The, I love pop sockets. I think they're great because you can use them to like prop your phone up. I hold mine, but I had a pop socket. Not to be, you know, that kind of person, but I had a pop mm. socket before they were cool. So, I'm, no, I'm sure yeah. you I'm sure you did, Ashton. Yeah. You are, I did. You are Ash the coolest person that both Peter and I know by a, I by a long distance. Yeah. I got sent but, it by a company and I was like, thanks. Oh, that's, well, even, that's cooler. even cooler. Yeah, that's way cooler. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I prefer, like, my phone fits in my hand and that's the way I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the point. I'm going to have to get a bigger phone at some point. I've just got to make peace with that, but I'm putting it off for as long as possible. The point is, I can't play games on that because it will die very, right. very, very fast and it's uncomfortable to hold because mm -hmm. it gets really hot. Um, so the last time I actually properly played a mobile game that did suck up all my time was Game Dev Story when it first came to iOS in, I want to say, 2010 because right. I was at university and there was a laundry room in halls and you mm -hmm. used to have to take all your laundry in your sack, put it in the big old oversized things, pay for the privilege because paying rent apparently doesn't get you a ticket to the to the laundry no. zone. Uh, and then I think the wash cycle went for an hour and then you could move it to the tumble dryer and it would go for an hour there as well. When I was playing Game Dev Story, I got so hooked on it that I sat in the laundry room for about three hours and didn't even realize that my, oh my uh, God. that my washing was finished. Some kid walked past and went, <laughs> game dev story. Game dev story. And then he went back to his room and played, played Peggle. Peggle. Yeah. It was me. <laughs> the chain of scorn is unbroken. Um, and then Ashton sort of descends from the ceiling like mm. Mission Impossible style with her pop socket. And Project Mako. just goes... <laughs> onto my phone and then goes back up through the ceiling. Like, Get a bigger phone, you loser. You need a pop socket to hold it because it's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. Hold it at a distance. Yeah. So that's it. That that long winding it? story was is game dev story. Yeah. What was? What so was it's, it? It's like uh, there's various different versions available. I think there's like a. I can't remember what it's called. It might be like Game Dev Tycoon. There's like it's, yeah. it's sort of in that style of genre. But there are, there have since been like people have adapted that the spirit of that game and been more successful, I would argue, because it turns mm. out Game Dev Story launched in like the 90s originally. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, apparently. According to Wikipedia. Oh. Not that I knew. Uh, but basically, you start up your own game development studio, you hire various members of staff, you get to name your games, you then like buy licenses for these fake consoles that sort of have names that are kind of like real consoles. Mm -hmm. And depending on how skilled your staff are, that's how well your game will be reviewed that's how many sales you'll have you get to go to decide to go to trade shows if you want and spend you know a portion of your budget it's basically like a very simplified uh sort of uh 8-bit 16-bit art style uh, yeah. game development game mm. in a way and it's yes yeah, it's, it's super fun super addictive and uh, the one you mentioned there game dev tycoon or game dev sim or whatever it was called yeah. was the one that had um, a, a piracy measure included where yes. if you actually pirated that game 
there would be a thing in the game where it would identify you'd pirated it and a thing would come up saying, lots of people are pirating our games and you've not made a lot of money on your most yes. recent game that you just <laughs> your released. in-game games yeah. would be pirated as a result. Which is And brilliant. then people will go on Reddit and like, hey, why are my games yeah. being pirated? And then they just out themselves as having yeah. pirated the game Fantastic. in the first place. It's great. But uh, yes. yeah, that was the last one I got. I got properly hooked on that I just turned my brain off because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't really have that. I can't say that I have a game like that anymore. Yeah. I, I think it's hard with around. like modern games to kind of yeah brain off to them because a lot of time they do require quite a lot of thinking yeah. or they're free to play so. and they're stuffed full of like cooldowns or microtransactions mm. and yeah. stuff like that so it's sort of it's not quite the the quote-unquote pure experience that perhaps existed before those measures were were mm -hmm. commonplace well i mentioned fruit ninja earlier that's the game i did also fruit used to play ninja. a little bit on mobile you know the one where you slice yeah. all the fruit up yeah. and uh, i recently well, i say recent a, a couple of months ago i went back to that just because i wanted a game to i was like on a on a well i can't have been on a public transport i don't know it's something where in like in your situation i knew i was going to be waiting around for a while so i was like oh, mm. i'll get a, a mobile game and um that is full of like microtransactions and do this thing to like get credits to skip right. past this thing and extend your game time and stuff you know mm -hmm. it used to be such a simple wonderful very satisfying game and now it's just been absolutely destroyed because of its own success. And they know yeah. that it's super like monetizable. Capitalism. Yeah, Capitalism. Hey. Capitalism. There yeah. we are. That's the one. Social uh, commentary. We did, we did it. We did Let's it, like everyone. Socialist commentary. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you guys need to calm down, quite frankly. <laughs> it's getting a bit weird, actually, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit strange. Do you, do, you, do you smell that, Ashton? Is it a bit odd where you are? Yeah, is it coming? Is it flowing in through the window like one of those pies from uh, movies where there's like yeah, a, like a big an actual stink line, peculiar yeah. stink line coming mm. in. Weird. Could that possibly be Peter? Mm. Because it's it's time for weird news. Weird. Oh, she's got the papers. Look. I'm oh, ready. look at that. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Up first is Peter Austin. It's on here. It's not too warm. It's on my phone. Uh, This is... um, Oh, well, in fact, what I'll do, <clears throat> maybe after I've read it and someone's reading theirs, I'll uh, go and find out who actually posted it because it was on our... Yeah, I'm just realizing I haven't done that. Yeah, it was on our weird news thread. So for now, I'll just uh, read it and I'll, I'll give credit, due credit in just a moment. But this is a, a Kotaku story. Of course it is. Uh, and it's written by Luke Plunkett. Of course it is. Go um, off, Luke. Yeah. Uh, Olympics commentator tries his best to say Gundam. <laughs> That's the headline. Uh, there is a subtitle, but I don't want to read that because it'll spoil what's what's coming. Okay. Um, the bike section of the Olympic triathlons takes a, a nice scenic lap around the giant Gundam statue in oh, oh no Odaiba's oh. Diver City Tokyo uh-huh. Plaza. I can't see it. Odaiba. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's so Let's go with that. Uh, yeah. Which has led commentators having to occasionally try to describe the thing because um, there's a there's a big Gundam statue. What, what there. is a Gundam? It's a it's like a mech thing. Is it from um, Transformers? Yeah. Sorry, I was just asking Jen. I, I oh, know I what see. a Gundam okay. is. I was just saying that's what they're having to do. They're like, saying what is what this? What the flip is a Gundam? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't speak for other nations' commentators, but the poor chap handling the BBC's broadcast was simply doing his best, (laughs) as captured here by Kiro Kiro Benito producer Gus Gus Loban. Gus Loban. It's all going well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Gus's tweet has been embedded. Oh, it says the media has been disabled in response to a copyright claim from the the owner. Can you not even play it? No, I can't. Uh, so do you know he, what it was? I the do. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I watched it. Um, but so he tweeted it with a little clip from the BBC coverage, um, and it's gone. I mean, the Olympics are, are, are quite protective of their own thing, so maybe the Olympics they, uh, actually got. got well, you can't that. even say the word Olympics. You have to say the Summer Games. Yeah, the the, the, no. the ancient Greek sports contest. The yes. sports games. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, so. Uh, does it actually say I'll have to scroll up to that subheading that I skipped okay. to tell you exactly what he said um, as we take another look at Gandam the unicorn robot <laughs> Gandam Gandam and that's oh, actually God. so I fortunately I have seen this clip before I read this article today it doesn't appear to be written anywhere in here but there was another bit that was his second remark about it God but the first God. time it was seen he said this here is, uh, of course, a statue of the robot Gandam. Um, <laughs> it's really endearing. And well, but then he said, uh, which which I believe is uh, something like a, an iconic pop culture icon here in Japan. And then he sort of paused for a bit and then said, "Or so I'm told." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he really wasn't sure. Oh, excellent. Um, so the article continues. To be fair, he's not too far off. A few years, 
A few years back, the original Gundam statue was replaced by a new one. The new one is from Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. Gandam Unicorn. Gandam Unicorn. So the unicorn part is almost correct, it says. Uh, and then right at the bottom it says, can't help him with Gandam though. Gandam is brilliant. Gandam the Grey. That's just a willful misinterpretation of the word. Yeah, because if you just actually read it, written just written down it's the, Gandam the vowels are the other way around it's Gandam mm. to be fair I did think Shinra from Final Fantasy 7 was Shriner for the longest time because I misread right. it once and I was like well that's what that says so anyway that was from Baz by the way at Bazinald oh, underscore you. on Twitter thank you Baz Ashton what you got okay so this is from Tom Monk on Twitter at T underscore Monk 86 mm. um, this is from IGN the article written by Jared Moore and it is Xbox is getting an official donor in the UK pick up an Xbox of cream filled snacks from August 2nd I think it's like Xbox an X of cream filled oh. snacks yeah. oh, okay. an official donut an official donor Um in perhaps one of the most surreal marketing collaborations of the day, Krispy Krispy Creme, isn't it? Or Krispy Kreme? I don't know. I always say Krispy Kreme. I, I say always Krispy say Krispy Kreme, but I've heard people but... say that it's also apparently Creme Eggs is apparently. Yeah, sure. it, it, yeah. Is, it is actually Creme Eggs. A delicious Cabris, Creme Egg. You mustn't. Cadbury's <laughs> have confirmed it's Creme Egg. Um, oh, anyway, they? Yeah. Oh. Krispy Kreme has announced that it will be selling a line of limited edition Xbox donuts in the UK. Krispy Kreme shared the news in a, in a tweet that welcomed fans to the next generation before introducing facts, fans to their new Nexus-level donut, which will be coming Nexus to UK level. stores soon. You can check out a trailer which parodies Xbox's own hardware reveals in the tweet below. So this, I watched it earlier. It's actually really quite funny. Is it? Uh, yeah, they do like a full like game reveal of being like it's sleek new sides will really fill up all of the holes or something like that and it's really good uh i fully Fantastic. recommend watching it if you back at it again at crispy cram yeah. back at <laughs> back it again into an xbox fridge amazing um, it's, um i i can picture it like you know the world's oldest hot cross bun that's on display somewhere mm-hmm. no. have you seen this are you not aware of that? I'm surprised. This seems like a very Peter Austin fact to have. I suppose it does. There's like a <laughs> quote unquote the first hot cross bun. It's like from the Victorian era. It's start, that's starting to ring a bell. The more you say, and it's on like a little red velvet pillow mm. in some in some display case. That is what I'm picturing some collectors doing with these Xbox yeah. branded donuts. Putting it's it in be like one. resin. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just going to be this preserved donut for for. Generations. They should have done an Xbox hot cross bun because it's got the cross on it. It's it got has. an X. But if you turn it the just other way, just turn it at 45 degrees. If you turn it the other way, it's just a, a Phillips screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, um, Ashton. Carry on. That's okay. No, I've sent you the the video if, um, um, Discord if you oh, wanted okay. to check that out um, okay. before we'll I carry on, or we can do it afterwards. I'll carry on. Um, Go for it. A limited line of cream-filled Xbox-branded treats will be available to purchase between August 2nd and August 22nd across its UK vendors. Fans who pick up the promotional dozen in-store or by click and collect will be able to enter into a prize draw to win one of 120 Xbox Series S consoles. Upon first entry to the competition, those taking part will also receive one month of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Oh. Mm. Arguably, this isn't the most surprising news to link the world of food and games in 2021. Earlier this year, IGM reported on the news that McDonald's restaurants were being strongly encouraged to limit the number of Happy Meals they sold to customers across its US tours, US <laughs> stores even. Yeah. yeah. This comes after reported surface about the scalpers were profiting from the Pokemon's 26th, 25th anniversary limited edition trading card packs that were being given out in the company's famous Happy Meals. And then it's talking about all Xbox news 
and then it's like a, just a link to like another article. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're bringing out a donut. It does actually Amazing. look pretty cool. Oh God, what, look at it. I know it doesn't look very me? tasty, but it, my, my phone will explode if I. If I <laughs> it looks sort of furry. It's just the frosting, but like yeah, oh, wow. the, the like That's powdered really cool. sugar on it. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I am all for this, by the way. I love it when when games do like sometimes it can be a bit much. Like there was a, mm. I think there was a Halo. Pizza Hut pizza at some point or something like that, and that's yeah. I feel like that's that's not it's a bit cringe. I don't mm. really want a Halo pizza, but Xbox donuts, PlayStation did a thing with Greg's at the launch of the PS5, yeah. Yeah, they, and they, I got they, I got at least two of those. Mm. They were great. They were like a little box with the PlayStation logo on it, a couple of sausage rolls, a couple of sausage oh, rolls yeah. in there, and there was like a, you and a couple of donuts and a drink, and it was like a fiver. It was like the PlayStation launch day mm. special. It was brilliant. I love those. I think they're they're so much fun. So. We need to get some of those sent to the office when Ashley We do need to get some. Uh, as soon as they're available. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, oh, oh speaking of winning, uh, like potentially winning Game Pass Ultimate, by the way, mm. in our EA Play Live reactions um, the other week, you know, they did that competition where you had to spot the this letters. Is almost, this could be your weird news. It really it? <laughs> could. You had to spot the letters throughout and then you had to enter the code on the website to win stuff. Worst yeah. website I've ever seen, by the way. It was really, really bad. And it wasn't what you would think, which is you land on a landing page and put in the code here. <gasps> there we go. It just lists all the different prizes you could enter for. Then you have to click on it. Then you have to sign up. Then you can enter the code to see if you've done it correctly, which obviously you will because everyone posts it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you just get you just, you just get entered into a competition, basically. Yeah. What Your you, boy what won. He won. Your boy won the did competition. Yeah. He did. <laughs> He entered, I don't know why I'm talking in the third person. <laughs> this guy entered for um, a month of EA Play uh, to win a code for a month of EA Play. And I did it. I was one of 600 winners to get yeah. a code. And again, their website is really terrible. I had to scroll through every page of the winners until there were like 20 winners on each page until my name was on that page. And then I had to click a button next to my name that said claim your prize. There was no way to go straight to the prize claiming. It's absolutely unreal. Anyway, I'm not particularly <laughs> impressed by the games available on EA Play currently. No. That might so be why I'm, you won. Maybe fewer people entered possibly, that Possibly. I just thought at some point there's got to be something I want to play on there. So I'll just redeem it for a month and play through that game. And then I'll be yeah. Then I'll be done. Anyway, moving on. Mm. Uh, my weird news is from Shybees at BeShy on Twitter. Mm. Don't uh, be shy. Don't be don't shy. Don't be shy. Come forward. <laughs> and it's from Game Informer. Capcom is now offering Resident Evil perfumes to celebrate Leon, Jill, and Chris. Do they smell of dead bodies? No, they mm. don't. Good. Ever looked at this? This seems to me like a Simon Miller quote. This right. One. Ever looked at Jill Valentine, Leon Kennedy, or Kenny, it says actually in this article. If you want to get serious about it. <laughs> Leon this. Kennedy, or Kenny, if you want to miss the D out, or Chris Redfield, and thought to yourself, Wow, this article is actually not very well written at all. Oh, really? It, okay, so we've got in the first sentence, ever, ever looked at Jill Valentine, Leon Kenny, or Chris Redfield and thought to yourself, self, I want to smell like those fine specimens. <laughs> That's just you talking to yourself. Hey, yeah. self. Hey, yes, self. Peter. Maybe may, it reads really weirdly. Uh, anyway, uh, 
if the answer is yes, then boy, do we have the perfume for you. Capcom is Capcom is now selling officially. That was me. Yeah. Licensed Resident Evil perfume, and don't worry, it doesn't smell like blood and gore like the gimmick candle the company sold a few years ago, which yeah. is horrible. Mm. Uh, for now, the perfumes are limited to just the three characters and to the Capcom Japan store. This is another thing you could import if you want to. Region that locked. Uh, the company oh, no. hasn't confirmed if the Oda Zombie Killer line will be making its way to the West, but there is hope for those that don't have a pal in Japan for the hookup. In the past, Japan exclusive items did eventually make their way to a global release. That, and eventually the line will make its way to Amazon Japan, which will usually ship internationally. Uh, it continues to go on about how the scents smell. The description states that the perfumes were inspired by the characters, but doesn't reveal how. What are the notes? Floral? Musky? Fruity? Do they smell like murder and rampage? Or do they smell like the frustration we felt in Village when we were yelling at Chris? This could have been an email. No matter, they're nifty collector's items at worst. So there we are. The Jill one probably smells of sandwich. Yeah, oh God, a good sandwich. Yeah. Delicious. Or master of lock unlocking, potentially. What does that smell like, do you think? Just sort of uh, WD-40? Yeah, probably <laughs> just sort of iron filings. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Mm. There we are. Mm. That was weird news. Mm. Peter. Yes. Sub question three. It's from David Lever, who says, Hello, Ben, Peter, and Ashton. Hello. And then in parentheses, it says, Big welcomes, by the Big way. Big welcomes. So, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing the Skyward Sword remaster, and I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow, and motion controls aren't that bad. Mm. Whoa. Uh, maybe a little finicky, occasionally annoying, but I think they can give a more tailored experience or make a good addition to non-motion games, e.g. motion-based aiming. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think? And have you had any particularly good or bad motion control experiences? I once didn't wear the wrist strap and Wiimoted my sister in the head. Oops. <laughs> Keep up the good work, David. Oops or concussions. Thank you, David. Did, thanks, David. Um, thanks, Arthur. Did you ever get that, like, when you got a Wii, you'll be like, one woman didn't wear the strap and the remote went straight into her TV and the TV mm. was broken, so you have to wear your Wii remote strap yep. thing. Yeah. There is, is so like much a... footage online Real of story. TVs getting mashed mm -hmm. by Wiimotes. <laughs> it's, I don't know how you... I mean, David nearly knocked his sister out. But yeah. yeah. I can't say I've ever had any like near misses with a Wiimote personally. No. But I did usually wear the strap. Mm. So, well, maybe that's it. You know, but aside yeah. from sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Clunk click every trip. What? <laughs> Is that a seatbelt PSA? <laughs> from about the 1970s. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Why do you know that? I don't know. I, don't, I simply do not know. Uh, it doesn't even rhyme. Clunk click every, tr every trick. Every trick. Um, every trick. Anyway, motion controls. I have always looked at the um, the motion controlled version of Resident Evil Four. Yes, uh, that's meant to be really good. That actually way, yeah. looks quite handy because uh, if there's one thing about Resi Four on PS2 or whatever it is that you played it on, um, it's a bit sort of slow to aim. I mean, I know you don't like you don't like other aspects of the controls either. But even just, I mean, I don't mind it. I'm used to it. But it's just a bit. You know, you kind of, although you can move at more than two axes, I kind of feel like I did, I did a lot of up and down and left and right rather mm -hmm. than, you know, other directions. Um, and it's kind of slow and stuff. It's better. It's a bit like how people are a bit elitist about playing FPSs on a PC because if you are able to use a mouse and keyboard on a, an FPS and you learn how to do it, you know, with a mouse, you can very quickly just 
go from point A to point B as quick as you can just move your hand and your yeah. mouse sensitivity. Whereas with a controller, it's it's all down to your thumb. It's it's a different thing entirely. So mm-hmm. I think that looks good, but I can't say I've played it. Um, I mean, my main experiences with motion controls, uh, if you can call it that, is more with like VR stuff um, mm-hmm. and Connect. Uh, I've never owned a Wii. I've like played on other people's Wiis at their houses, mm-hmm. um, but you know I've had such little time with the Nintendo Wii that for the most part it's it's sort of worked as intended, really. Yeah. Um, but Star Wars Connect is one. <laughs> yeah, um, that and works I've, well. I've played more than just the dancing on that game. There's like a Rancor Rampage level where you go around and smash up Mos, Mos Eisley, and that's kind of rubbish. It doesn't really work well at all. Um, that's the Connect for you. Um, but also, we played that Planet of the Apes game. Oh God! Yeah, Vidiots, was that on the Vive? It was, was on. Uh, it was on some a P- kind of. It was a PC Oculus. Or, it might have been Oculus. Yeah, it might have been the Vive. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was a it was a PC game. It was a VR Planet of the Apes first person game where you played as an ape, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were uh, really. They were really cross about something. Those apes. They were. They're mad. Um, they blew it up, the maniacs. Flipping mad. And to move around, because you were an ape, you had to like do this. Had, well, for those not watching on YouTube, you had to... And for Ashton. And for Ashton. <laughs> you had to swing your arms like you were doing kind of... You know those people who do power walking as a sport? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Or like someone on the, the Amarillo music video for British viewers and listeners. Um, but we <laughs> soon discovered... <laughs> so how can I put this delicately? That a way to really rapidly move around the room is to grate carrots. Is to grate carrots with a manual grater. So you do a lot of a lot of this, a lot of wrist action. You know, very very fast grating. It would go everywhere. All the carrot peelings all over the place. But you would zoom across because it thinks you're swinging your arms super fast. Yeah. Um, they so- didn't like that, did they? <laughs> Because it was a brand deal, they were. It was they, a brand deal. They told us not to do that. They said, "Can you cut around the bit where you the bit where you're just tossed you know. yourself off around <laughs> around the area?" But it worked so effectively because you just went. Vroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Mm. Uh, yeah, that wasn't great. That wasn't a great game. Admittedly. It was. Ashton, do you have any motion control experience? <laughs> um. So, the Switch games. Um. Obviously, a couple of them used motion controls more than other ones. Mm. Um. Mario Odyssey uses motion controls quite a lot um for like certain you have to basically play it rather than on a controller like holding the two switchy bits the switch bits bits. um and like you have to do certain movements to get mario and the hat to do certain things Mm -hmm. um happy ashton please hattie yeah sorry not hattie (laughs) (laughs) what did you say cappy Cappy. 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 His name's Cappy. Cappy. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Cappy. Sorry, yeah. I didn't hear what you were saying. He should be um, called Hattie though. That's an actual name. <laughs> That's a, that would make way more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mario and Cappy. Cool Mario. Um, mm. um, and you have to like swing it in certain directions, which can be good sometimes, but sometimes you're just kind of like swimming your arms around in various ways. It just does random things, which mm. tend to be fine. Mm. Um, I don't know if it counts as technically as motion controls, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the fitness adventure that the Switch came out with uh, like oh, a couple okay. of years back, which is like the whole 
keep fit thing. It was basically a bit like the Wii Fit, but it mm. had like a big ring. Yeah, that's the stuck, ring one. Yeah. Yeah, you stuck. Oh, it's called Ring Fit Adventure. Ring Fit. Oh, yeah, I was going to okay. say it's you, called Ring Fit, isn't it? Yeah, you stick the Joy-Con on the board and then also on your leg. And I played a little bit of that over lockdown. Um, I was like, I'm going to get fit. Then didn't play anymore. But I actually <laughs> thought that worked really well for what it was. And to be honest, it did get you moving quite a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, you have to, because if you don't move enough, it just tells you you're not moving enough and you just can't do anything. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really good use of motion controls. Um, and kind of something that maybe you wouldn't necessarily think of as well in terms of like actual motion controls, because you know your Joy-Con is stuck in a big ring, but yeah. you still have to move it around a lot. Um, in terms of VR, though, we mentioned the the Star Wars game that you didn't like. Yeah. Um, there's a Star Wars game in VR that is really good for motion controls, Ooh. like fully like lightsaber. Is it Vader like Immortal? Vader Immortal. Yeah, yeah, with the oh, lightsaber it really dojo. Good. It's so good. I want to w- play it, but I've not. I don't have the technology. Well, when I eventually move up, we can use the Oculus, yes. and we'll get you in to. Do some lightsaber dojo. Fighting Vader, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Um, But yeah, that's really good. So it looks good. Yeah. If you're looking for a Star Wars game that has kind of lightsaber motion controls, I highly recommend the VR one. Fantastic. Amazing. You played Half Life Alex as well, right? I did. Yeah, Mm. that's really good. Um, And it's really responsive motion control wise. Um, I played it sort of on like jumping movement rather than fluid movement because that made me feel a bit sickums mm. um so yeah so the but the movements with the with like the gun controls and everything is, is really good in half-life alex as well i think vr at the moment for that kind of game is really really good because mm. it has to be because if it's not responsive it's not you're not gonna be able to play it um but yeah i think a lot of the games you feel really immersed into it because you have to do these full movements to like play the game um, so I think at the moment VR is really kind of finding its feet with a lot of the motion controls to make it a lot yeah. more realistic for players. So yeah, I think the, um, the Switch and also VR are getting quite good at finding their old feet with their motion controls, which is well, yeah. just kind of exciting. Yeah, Resi 7 was a bit funny for motion controls because you could either yeah. try and navigate, you could you could do it fluidly by looking around but you could also turn your character in like sort of 15 degree notches <laughs> mm. um by yeah. flicking like the sticks or something and it was kind of strange you know you that's where it falls down i think to some extent when there's like a, a very expansive level to explore that is going to mm-hmm. go beyond the limits of your your play space but um yeah, you know, th- yeah. there's only so much they can do about that so you know you have to commit well a- applaud them for for trying to deal with that kind of thing and still presenting those games in VR, you know? Yeah. 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 Ben. Ben. Mission controls. Worst one I've ever played. Hulk Hogan's main event for the Kinect. Mm. Doesn't work. Just just does just does not work. It's one of the worst most games ever. Frustrating. Yeah, an older episode of Worst Games Ever when we were at Videos. One of the most frustrating games I've ever played because it's simply that you had way more success than I did. Mm. You were you were dabbing, weren't you, to pin them in the end? That you Was I? Had to I dab. Don't yeah, because it just would not <laughs> register the movements on screen. It mm-hmm. just it would not do it. Uh, so that was terrible. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have either played a Wii or had a Wii. Um, so were. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you did say earlier you went to other people's houses to have a go at the Wii. 
And yeah. I thought, was that before or after you did a poo do at their Paul's? Do a, <laughs> I'm going to play a wee at Paul's. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a wee. Wii Sports, obviously, everybody loves that. That game's a bit hit and miss, literally, in some cases, mm. with some of those games. Golf, in particular, is like how anyone could be good at Wii golf. I will never understand because you 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 go very gently and it it doesn't register that you've even moved it. Yeah. You go a little bit faster and it goes <gasps> and like the power thing goes up and out of the bar and goes red and goes and it just flies off into the trees. So that that didn't work great. Mm. Um but hello, it's me, the one guy who bought a PS3 at launch and had it for the duration of that generation. The PlayStation move was not good in the respect that it didn't have any killer software. But in terms of its accuracy, it was actually really impressive. Like the one-to-one tracking was really, really good. Mm. And obviously that's why it ended up being the main controls for PlayStation VR when that came out. Because the technology was fantastic. It just didn't make any good stuff for it. Um, Do you not like riding dragons in uh, slightly low quality oh uh, no that wasn't that was just the six axis in the controller which was it oh. that's an, that's another one that was not good did they not all so was that only allowed for six axis yeah that was a launch game uh, so right. the move wasn't out then but uh True. God, if they patched lair to support playstation move <laughs> yeah that would have been a very confusing oh, I decision that it was all uh that you could maybe like down the line that you could yeah. maybe use move as well the six axis was rubbish as well to be clear like the only games that used it sort of well were uncharted drake's four where you could have it so that you could tilt it back towards you when aiming a grenade and it would change the mm, arc of the grenade. Yeah. That felt kind of good to do um, because you didn't have to like look at the sky to throw a grenade or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, then there was also Flower, which was a fantastic game from that game company. Pretty game. Yeah, which was also still quite hard to control with the six mm. axis. It wasn't hugely accurate. But um, Moving on to, to VR, as we've all ended up talking about, yeah. I was really impressed with Farpoint, which right. we talked about when we were at What Culture, because it was one of the games that supported the AIM controller, mm-hmm. which was released by Sony, which is a gun, which in America mm-hmm. is, I think, gun-colored, and in the rest of the world, it's like, I think white mm. because they can't yeah, they can't release it. Yeah, they yeah. can't make it look like a gun. Even though it doesn't really look much like a gun. It's got a giant ping pong ball it's got on a the big end ball of it. On the end. It's clearly not it a gun. Like a oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I was really impressed with it. Like it just felt right and the the tracking was absolutely perfect when you looked down at the gun like whatever gun you were holding you would tilt this real analog of it mm. and it would rotate exactly the way that you were looking. I was really impressed by that. The future is very bright, as Ashton was pointing out, for motion-controlled games. Mm -hmm. I don't want it in every game. It has to be contextual and make sense. And it can't be like, here's the new Battlefield. You can play it with move controllers if you've got them. It's like, no, don't don't do that. Just release bespoke games for it. Like, that's that's kind of what you need to do. Um, What... What do you guys think of the? Because obviously, in the new PlayStation Five controllers, there is mm. there a bit more motion control into it. Because yeah. uh, Astrobot used quite a lot of. I was thinking about Astrobot while Ben was yeah. talking about his. Yeah. His answer. yeah. yeah. Somebody did ask like... a question about Astrobot as well, talking about the controller. So mm. there we go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, I think it it works pretty well. To mm-hmm. me, like the thing that I most took away from the uh, the DualSense controller. And particularly playing Astrobot was more the um, the adaptive triggers. I, I get more yeah. out of that, and the the way the speaker works, and it kind of has 
uh, almost a stereo sense to it. Like you can hear things coming out of different parts of the controller, the way that they, mm. they seem to mix mm -hmm. it. It's very well. Like we get little little bits of rain falling down and stuff. Yeah. Those kind of things I, I enjoy more than the motion controls, but it works well enough, I think, for yeah. simple games like the that. The games that actually, the vibration is my favorite thing that it does, even though sometimes yeah. it makes my hands go all pins and needly. Mm -hmm. Like the feeling the vibration move around the controller is really impressive. But what do you make of it, Ashton? Oh, I, was, I quite like to see it in an actual proper game mm. that isn't just Astro's but I've been haven't really got any PlayStation Five exclusives no. that kind of left room for it. Yeah, I don't know how they'll use it, but it is kind of interesting that it is kind of something they were like, "We've done this, isn't this great?" And then they were kind of waiting to see it actually be used because <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of very subtly, yeah, it's very subtly included mm. in yeah. the games. Because obviously the triggers um, when we were playing Plague's Tale last week, I don't know if you noticed this as well, when you are like sprinting or going faster mm. you can feel the footsteps on your trigger yeah. and that was i found that quite really interesting but yeah i'm interested to see if they'll the motion controls will actually kind of come into games on a kind of larger scale or if they'll just mm. kind of forget about it um but yeah that's what i was wondering about the motion yeah. controls and the playstation 5 thing yeah yeah. I, th I think subtle, unless it's VR, where you have to have motion controls, or a console that's built around motion controls like the Wii. Yeah. Um, I think sort of subtle inclusion. Yeah, it'll be for like balancing on beams and things yeah. like that. Yeah, like yeah. that stuff I don't mind. As long as everyone has the option to turn it off, then, you know, that's fine. As long as it's not mandatory. Yeah. Because I think it really does add to the experience, but not everyone likes it. So. Yeah, no. and it's probably not accessible for some people. Yeah, yeah Maybe they're able to sit and, and use a controller just, just in a more static position. But if it comes to start, you know, you have to start moving your wrists and your arms around, it's not going to be uh, okay for everyone. So, yeah. yeah, the option to turn it off is always a good thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, it's time to move on to a rather large discussion. Mm. And I would say that it's called the big, the big discussion. The big yes, discussion. Yes, big discussion. It's big discussion time, time for the big discussion. The big discussion this week comes from X Patrick, who says, Hi guys, what do you make of the situation at Activision and Blizzard that's come out over the past week? Mm. So I'm sure a lot of people will be aware of the heinous and disgusting details of the sort of so-called frat boy culture yeah. um, that, mm -hmm. that has come to light uh, about Activision Blizzard. And uh, we're going to read you a little bit here, Peter and I, from a couple of Eurogamer articles. If you want specifics about the nasty stuff that's gone on, you can find them. But this is more sort of the most recent updates at the time of recording. Mm -hmm. um, and needless to say, if it's something that you don't think you really want to hear, yeah. then, uh, yeah. you know, that must, it's worth worth keeping in mind since that's what we're going to be talking about now for the next Absolutely. few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yes, these... Uh, these two excerpts here are from Eurogamer. They'll mm -hmm. be linked in the description if you want to read more. Activision Blizzard employees are planning a walkout tomorrow, so this was earlier this week, the 28th of July, in protest against the company's response to a recent lawsuit from California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing alleging a frat boy work culture that created a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women. Activision was quick to slam the lawsuit, strongly denying its claims and dismissing it, dismissing it as irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. That was a stance repeated in an email reportedly disseminated by Activision Blizzard executive Fran Townsend, who insisted the lawsuit presented a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old and out-of-context stories. Townsend continued... 
Rest assured that leadership is committed to continuing to maintain a safe, fair and inclusive workplace. We cannot let egregious actions of others and a truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit damage our culture of respect and equal opportunity for all employees. Many Activision Blizzard employees were quick to criticize Townhead's, uh, Townset, sorry, Townshead's statement and more than 2,000 current and former employees have now signed a petition describing the company's response to the recent discrimination lawsuit abhorrent and insulting. It also called called for Townsend to resign her position as executive sponsor of the company's employees uh, employee women's network and for official statements that recognize the seriousness of these allegations and demonstrate compassion for victims of harassment and assault. Mm -hmm. And on that last point, there has now been uh, a a more recent statement so there's a, an update also written up by Eurogamer mm -hmm. uh, who say Activision Blizzard boss Bobby Kotick has told staff that the company's initial response to the recently filed discrimination lawsuit was quote tone deaf it's also a quote our, our initial responses to the issues we faced together and to your concerns were quite frankly tone deaf Coates said in an open letter to the community uh, to the company staff that was made public last night it is imperative that we acknowledge all perspectives and experiences and respect the feelings of those who have been mistreated in any way i am sorry that we did not provide the right empathy and understanding um i mean it's just it's just goes from bad to worse doesn't it that like not not only does this happen in the first place which mm. of course is the worst part of this story but to then come out and go well you know it's old stuff and it's out of context and you know they're they're actually they're we're being victimized here like yeah the, you know that just makes it a hundred times worse so i mean you know to have acknowledged that now and said that was the wrong response is something but not enough. Yeah. Um, more, absolutely, more needs to be done, and yeah. we will uh, continue to cover this as and when it's relevant. If you know, if people want updates, you can ask questions as and when there's more news. Uh, but we we are now going to sort of hand the floor over to to Ashton really to to speak her mind on this uh, because she, I mean, as we discussed before the podcast, that you know all Peter and I can do is really condemn it, but we 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 just lack the perspective to yeah. really doesn't you know, really seem right for us to exactly to our opinion on this is is not relevant other than and, to condemn uh, it as you as you say yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. so ashton whatever it is that uh, that you you would like to say about it please go ahead mm. yeah i think i mean you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the fact that it obviously the actions themselves are completely disgusting but the fact that the statement that came out regarding it just makes it i think so much worse mm -hmm. um I'll be honest, I'm just kind of tired of hearing mm. about things like this. Not because I think it shouldn't be reported and not because I think people shouldn't come forward, just because I just don't think it should be happening anymore. Um, which is kind of like a really obvious statement of like, this should not continue to to be happening to marginalised communities. Because it's not just against women, it's against, you know, people who are not white, people who are not straight. Um, trans people face a lot of issues within the gaming industry. And I think the issue with these big companies not condemning it and not saying, okay, yeah, we know that this is a bad thing and we are aiming to fix it. We do not accept this as happening in our business and it shouldn't happen outside of it. What that does is it trickles down to a lot of different facets in gaming in general i mean i've spoken about it on twitter a little bit about my experience in esports um being hired for shows where it's mainly me and maybe maximum on any of the big shows i worked was like six women to about 50 to 80 to 100 men um mm -hmm. which obviously it's a great opportunity that we are even getting us like seat kind of 
at the table per se. But with that, there was a lot of times that I was harassed or people said things to me that made me uncomfortable. But because I was kind of just trying to continue to get work and get my foot in the door in the industry, I was like, well, I don't want to say anything. I, I'm just going to laugh it off and, and go along with it. Occasionally things happen that, you know, I was kissed without my consent, even though I was in a relationship at the time. I was told, oh, um, if you weren't in a relationship, I would sleep with you, um, as if I had a choice in the matter by the sound of things. <laughs> Um, people would just make comments they'd kind of hit on me or make me feel uncomfortable but it's like you can't really say anything because you want to continue to get work Um, but it trickles down I think a lot further than that and the fact that that's obviously one way of looking at it in terms of my personal experience but when you look at the greater like grand scheme of things you've got women won't or I say women and I'm I'm kind of in covering a catch-all here of sort of cis women non-binary people and trans folk Mm. um but you know women won't turn on their microphones in games like league or overwatch or csgo because they know that even though those games require you to have your microphone on if the minute they turn their microphone on you're either going to get one of two responses and this isn't always but this is kind of the general feeling i think for a lot of girl gamers um Mm. of you either get sexually harassed Um, and made to feel uncomfortable or you get harassed harassed and generally made to feel like you are not welcome in the space Mm -hmm. and when you've got such a big company saying that it's all incorrect it's all you know it's all just said essentially a load of rubbish that doesn't then help the situation for the regular gamer or the regular woman in the industry to feel like they're welcome in a space or to feel like that people the men should be held accountable for it and it also doesn't help men realize what they're doing is wrong and again i'm not saying again not all men but those of you that don't think it's you it probably isn't you but it might be your friends you might be in a lobby with a bunch of guys that are making a young woman feel uncomfortable and just letting them do it i know it's not easy to speak out but just being someone to just say no or say to stop it is one thing that i think most women would appreciate um Mm. but uh, yeah like i say it's just it's just disappointing it's not surprising i'm not shocked i'm disappointed and i know that i know that people are doing a lot more in this situation than possibly with the ubisoft situation and just sort of in general um i just worry that nothing's going to change because nothing changed after the ubisoft situation Mm. Clearly nothing changed. I mean, we were basically in practically the same situation, but at least Ubisoft kind of owned up to it a little bit. Um, I just think that I'm trying to be positive about it and like think that the best will come of the situation and the walkout will make a difference. But I'm kind of so cynical about the whole situation where I'm like, it doesn't matter what we do because these things happen behind closed doors. And even when they happen out in the open, or they happen publicly, like this situation, nobody cares. This mm. is like an executive, she doesn't care that people yeah. in her company have felt uncomfortable. Um, and I'm trying not to get like amped up about it too much, but I just think that unless you're gonna own up to it and try and fix it at the top end, you can't expect people, the average Joe to, to learn anything from it. And it's yeah. to gradually trickle down. I mean, I've in this job, I've like obviously you guys are great, and no one in the office made me feel uncomfortable. But things like being called a diversity hire and comments about my looks and stuff. Obviously, yeah. I'm not saying that 
it's bad to comment about the way I look, but I that wasn't the reason I was hired. I just look like this and I appreciate the comments, but I don't think that that's all that's about me that's important. Exactly. It's really reductive to say that yeah. you were hired either for your gender or your appearance. Or... A man wouldn't get those comments. Exactly, no, yeah. Exactly. It, a man wouldn't get those comments. And, you know, perhaps those people need to think, oh, well, actually, there was an application process and you probably had to submit, you know, a showreel showing mm-hmm. that can you actually do the job? Maybe that's possibly the reason <laughs> that you were hired. I don't yeah. know. Just putting that out there. Um, but to go back to what you were saying earlier, like you're right that, you know... In a way, yeah, I don't think people are shocked. They're still appalled, but not shocked and appalled because it's happened before and it continues to happen. Mm -hmm. And number one, you're right that it's about setting an example to either your own members of staff, if you're an executive in one of these companies, or to the gaming sphere as a whole. So the people that, you know, you might play League of Legends with, you know, just just average gamers. Um, But also, you're right that, you know, this has happened at Ubisoft, for example. And you would think that even if this stuff had been going on at Activision Blizzard... And Quantic Dream, actually. And, well, recently. yeah, mm-hmm. in various places. But Ubisoft's one, you know, quite a, quite a big one in recent memory. But, um, uh, you know, if, if, if this behavior had been happening, Activision Blizzard, you'd think that they might see what had happened to another company and think, okay, we need to, like book our ideas up and make sure there's none of that happening here it should never have been happening in the first place obviously that goes without saying but you'd think that'd be a wake-up call for you to go right maybe hmm, maybe we should check our own practices and see what's what's happening here because and again we're not going to go into like the full details of what happened um but one thing that really like sort of disturbed me this morning is that one of the "Quote unquote games that was played in the off in in one of these offices or perhaps multiple offices had it even had a name, which mm-hmm. implies that it happens often enough for people yeah. to say, "Oh yeah, let's play Cube Crawl again." You mm-hmm. know, we're we're, we're going to do another Cube Crawl tomorrow. Like it's the fact that it's got a name that's accepted by the members of staff is yeah. really disturbing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you'd think that by now, if things these things are happening behind closed doors, that companies would be booking their ideas up before it comes out that we've been doing it too and seemingly not at the moment. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Very troubling. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's upsetting to hear about. um, And clearly it's, as, as you said, Ashton, it it may well be, you know, it's, it's an overplayed cliche, the sort of hashtag, not all men, but all men can do something about it, even if you're not, Mm -hmm. Again, as Ashton said, even if you're not personally partaking in the, you know these horrible practices, you there's a good chance you will see them or witness them or hear them talked about, and that is an opportunity to step in. And again, going back to what Ashton said, it's not always easy. It it could be deeply uncomfortable and unpleasant to get mm-hmm. involved. But just think how much worse it is for the person on the receiving end exactly. of that potentially. Mm-hmm. Everybody, or hashtag all men do do need to step up yeah and, and everybody needs to do and be better um and you know I, I'm, I'm so sorry about the stuff that you went yeah, through actually because that's that's absolutely despicable and um there's, there's just no place for it there is no place for it in any workplace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is so depressing that it continues to be a part of of game development or or just gaming in general which has always been something of a boys club and things you know i anecdotally 
until recent revelations, you might you might think, well, maybe things have been improving as more women are getting into gaming. But clearly that's not the case. And clearly we still have a very long way to go. And that's awful. Mm -hmm. But mm. yeah, ev everybody just needs to everybody just needs to step up. Yeah. And if that means like, you know, sharing things from yesterday, the walkout that happened yesterday at time of recording, um, you know, it's sharing things. It's just being aware of these things happening. There's always like links and stuff to find out more information and see what else you can do. Some of that is donating, but if you can't donate to these resources that help this not happen, then just sharing it and making sure, you know, people in your sphere might know about it. Or even, you know, like Ben was saying, stepping in. Because I imagine in the offices in Activision Blizzard, there was a bunch of people who thought, this is not mm. okay and I'm not okay mm. with this but I'm too scared to stand up and that is totally fine but if you because it can be scary if you've got a bunch of guys that are feeling one way and you know that you're just one person against them I don't imagine it is just the one person that's in that room that feels uncomfortable but it can be difficult to speak out about it and I'm not mm. saying put yourself in any kind of risk into doing that but even if it's just finding someone you can talk to or finding a way to make sure that the person on the receiving end knows that you're there to support them and you're trying to help them then that is is enough and you might get called a simp you might get called names yeah. but yeah. at the end of the day the person that you are helping out probably thinks of you as a decent person and that's all that really matters to be honest. and again as ben said i would rather someone called me a simp or a, an sjw or whatever uh -huh. and and know that i've said or done the right thing in a situation that i found uncomfortable rather than kept quiet and, you know, if the worst thing that happens to me is someone calls me a simp versus, you know, uh, another member of staff gets groped or, or whatever it is, um, you know, it's a small price to pay, um, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you have anything more you want to add, Ashton, before we wrap up? No, no, um, I don't think so. Just uh, mm. be better, games yeah. industry. I've told you before, so, and I'll tell you again. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the same suspects, isn't it? Yeah. Why is there, whenever yeah. there's trouble, it's always you, games industry and wrestling. <laughs> games industry. And, and wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Always you too. Uh, well, there we are. If, of course, you're affected by anything we've spoken about, um, I, I do implore you to check out the relevant articles. Um, I will make sure that in the upload for this, yeah. we have links to, to relevant uh, places if you do want some assistance with some of the topics that we have uh, we've spoken about. Mm -hmm. um, but... Of course, please keep the discourse as I as I assume you will, as the lovely triple jump viewing community and listening community. Keep the discourse in the comments um, non-toxic. Mm -hmm. And uh, Peter is going to begin telling you where you can find us around the internet. Yes, uh, our content goes out on YouTube and Twitch. That's both videos and streams. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, when we're streaming on either of those channels, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Charling Badger, and Mr. Black. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, one of the benefits of that is that you get a Twitch sub with that at no extra cost. Uh, so consider that uh, spending that on us. We get the, the usual financial benefit from that. And uh, everyone's a winner, really. Um, we've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, generally, our sort of video and live stream announcements and things like that go out on Twitter. And over on Facebook, we're uploading sort of old clips and little things like that. So uh, you can check out video content over there. Um, Fraser and Luke Eldon are looking after Facebook. And Fraser also manages Twitter for us as well. Thank you, Fraser. Um, and finally, from me, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can go to have a look at our Patreon and the various rewards therein. Hmm. 
and I've got a bit of the outro now. Um, so I'm going to tell you about the website. We have a website. It's triplejet.mup, which is ju.mp if you were confused. Um, if you want to get to Discord, it's triplejet.mup forward slash Discord. Thank you to the mods, Jack, Joe, and Hollow Eyes. I think that's it. Right. Nailed yeah, it. So, um, if you want to listen to the podcast, obviously you might find it on YouTube, but if you want to listen to it on your phone or in your headphones when you're walking about, you can go to triplejet.mer forward slash podcast. All of our live stream VODs are on triplejet.mer slash VODs. And if you want to get some sick merch, mm-hmm. some tasty merch, you can uh-huh. go to uh, triplejumpshop.com and you can also follow us on Twitter at triplejumpshop that has all of the le- latest merch droppage. Mm, certainly does we are awaiting merch samples in the office currently so we are we're nearly there guys we've said it every week for months (laughs) we are i promise we're closing they're actually coming to the office physically they are we're gonna see it we're gonna tick a box and then it'll go live on the website Mm. hopefully so there we are yeah you can follow it is exciting. You mm. can follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I suppose I can say, because James Jenkins did his Jay- first solo stream <gasps> this week. Wow. And Ashton may well do her first solo stream next week. So maybe it'll be Monday through Friday. Mm, There'll be streams the whole week uh the full schedule is on our twitch twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump but monday tuesday wednesday and friday will be the solo streams on twitch thursday is the joint stream blaze it on youtube worst games ever is fortnightly friday for patrons of a certain tier sunday for everybody else the podcast is every saturday and we do shows once every other week or thereabouts why not leave a review on itunes or your platform of choice this week beyond obviously triplejump.gg where you get all your amazing digital currencies if Mm. you want them we have a what it means to me from our very own Ashton Matthews. Oh my all God, about who? Portal Who's that? 1 and 2. Ooh, yeah. wow. So that's out right now, and you can go and watch Ashton talk all about Portal, which is a phenomenal series. Mm. And what a lovely video, too. <laughs> Finally, we wrap up. I've got so many papers. I can bring my sheet <laughs> the, number three. Your last sheet. Yeah, the, the final piece of paper is just today's sponsor. And that's it. So that's we will recycle you, it. Printer. Yes. Well, yes. Reuse uh, it. Yes. Uh, today's sponsor is, of course, Persona Sticks. Uh, now even dogs can get them fun or something. Anyway, that's, that's the sponsor. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Thank you so much for watching slash listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
one of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 